Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. That's right, it is recorded live, but by the time you hear it, it is not going to be, but welcome to another week down of the TNA HeelCast. I am your host, this, this with the most assist today, the RAV Raven Effect. I am joined here today on a special, uh, not a special edition, but a uh, special impact that we're reviewing. I've got the HeelCast brethren with me. As normal, I've got Numero 47. Numero, how's it going today? Dr. Sal, I may add. Hey, I'm doing well. You know, I'm coming back to show a year older. I celebrated my birthday this past weekend, and I was promoting pumpkin spice lattes last time. This month, I'm promoting Halloween, so I think it's time for me to pull out my rock star spud suit and get ready to go out of town with it. Absolutely. And for those of you who uh, follow us on Twitter but may have missed it, we did give a happy Heelcast birthday to Numero 47 after his last show with us. Uh, and also with me, the returning Hurls. Hurls, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up? Um, very similar to Numero because I also celebrated a birthday, actually on the day of Bound for Glory. Um, I turned 32 years young. Hard to believe, but uh, time is flying by. But uh, very, very good birthday to celebrate watching Bound for Glory. I had no idea that it was your birthday on Bound for Glory Day, but happy birthday as well. Yeah, me neither. Happy belated. (laughs) That's all right. Maybe next year uh, I'll be uh, with you, Numero, getting uh, getting, uh, some messages. You guys didn't know. That's all right. Not at all. My Twitter didn't pop up and tell me either. And uh, we are actually the same age, Charles. Sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Father time is starting to look you in the eyes and give you the middle finger. That it is, trust me. My, well, I uh, hope it's going to be just as cool as you guys when I get your age. No one's going to be as cool as us, trust me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep dreaming, pal. And uh, guess what, everyone? So, the heel cast, uh, when you're old school, dirty heel, you are old school, dirty heel, heel for life. And uh, we just happen to have a new face, a new member with us here for life. I want to give a welcome to the one and only, the brand new D.K. Drake. Hey, let me talk to you. Hi, it's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Welcome to the family. I'm definitely excited about that. Honored to be here and uh, ready to talk about impact. Well, we're glad to have you on. Good good, good to be here. Good to be here. so uh, it was a little bit of adventure getting on here. I had some trouble with my phone and all that, but uh, I'm here, so ready to go. We're glad to have you on. Thanks. And the Thanks. thing is, if if you didn't struggle to get on the phone or to do the show or to find out when the hell we were going to start it, it just wouldn't be the HeelCast. 
that is yeah. the only common thing we always got. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move forward here. And uh, speaking of moving forward, someone moved forward with uh, not coming back to after taking shots at my decrepit erection. That would be FK9. I want to give our sh- a shout-out to our boy FK9. You still got the best burn on me I think I've ever had. Uh, check out FK9 show every week. There's a new one up on TNASM.net. You can find FK9 straight shooting also on YouTube as well. I believe he's got some other sites. And he's a popular man, this FK9. Speaking of TNASM.net, always go to TNASM.net, the safe haven for TNA fans. That is where every single one of us, minus Charles, has met. But, hey, Charles is one of us nowadays. So uh, back off of him. But TNASM.net, go on there. You can check out the spoilers. You can get the TNA uh, live discussion during Impact. Always a blast. Uh, news discussion every single month. Everything is on there. Go to TNAsome.net. Also want to give a shout-out to our friends uh, at the King of the Mountain podcast. Check out King of the Mountain podcast. Just like FK9, just like us, real TNA Talk podcast. Uh, it, we just did a couple of shows with them for Bound for Glory with the preview and the review, and, uh, you know, I had an absolute blast. I want to give a shout-out to BQ, Kyle, and Will. Uh, I think Will is probably the the funniest and smartest guy I think I may have ever spoken to. The guy's got just analogies for days. It was a blast, and uh, we'd love to have you guys back on. And anyone that saw them, definitely check them out as well with us. And also check out our good friend Andre Corbeil. Andre, thank you for all your support. We appreciate you listening to us like we listen to you. You got the much bigger fan base, but, hey, we still plug you. We appreciate it, Andre. And last, uh, those of you on Facebook, get out my friend, the chef, my boy, my homeboy, the chef, TNA Mafia Facebook page. Go there. Check it out. Give him a like. You always get some nice TNA stuff, some pics. Chefs at every show, everyone. Like, you get pics you don't really see elsewhere, some really cool stuff. And he's giving us a shout-out support to TNA. So check out my boy there. Now, we're going to move on to the news of the week for TNA, and we don't really have a lot. However, I don't know if anyone has uh, caught on, but Shop TNA has released a lot of new apparel, a lot of clothing, some hoodies, uh, but a lot of shirts. There's stuff for Broken Matt, Brother Nero, the Miracle Mike Bennett, Eli Drake has a shirt out. Of course, there's a new EC3 shirt. You saw that on Impact with the hoodie. And last but not least, you can get your DK Tour shirt and hoodie there. Uh, DK stuff is really cool too. Actually, I, I'll be honest. I like the the, uh, the merchandise for every one of these wrestlers, and not only that, they're also my favorites. But it's actually like really cool looking stuff, and uh, the, the hoodies are really nice. And so, definitely check out Shop TNA to get that stuff right now. And uh, definitely just want to put that out there for everyone. Also, of those of you who don't know, definitely be sure to check out Shop TNA the entire month of November, which we'll probably cover in November a little bit too. But, guys, uh, we had a episode of TNA Impact, and it was a big one. It was right after Bound for Glory. And uh, so the show starts off with the retaining heavyweight champion, Lashley, coming out. And basically, this leads to a bunch of other champions coming out, like Aaron Rex, Matt Hardy came out, Dale Kim came out. And then Billy Corgan came out, and guess what? He had our boy with him, the one that we started a petition to get back on television. The guy who was came on and done the heel cast had roundabouts with Numero, 
ripped our entire fan base in a great way. Aiden O'Shea is now on TNA TV. Uh, it's good to see Aiden O'Shea get a character role. Um, he, if, if you guys didn't see hear the interview that we did with Aiden O'Shea, or if you did not catch, if you don't see Aiden O'Shea on Twitter, this guy has, there's something about the guy when he talks. He's charismatic, he's funny. I really think if they let him be himself, the guy's going to get over big, and he's going to be something really special to add to the roster. Uh, it's good to see Aiden O'Shea on there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you guys. Do you have any thoughts on Aiden O'Shea being on there as well? Oh, I'm really glad that he was able to come back on TV. I think that he definitely looked a lot better than whatever Cruella kind of overcoat that Billy was wearing this week. Um, I think he's playing his character pretty well. I'm hoping that we see more of him. It's not just a one-side thing. But I guess my only complaint is that, you know, this is typical of TNA. How did he sort of get in on this role? Did he sign up? I would have liked to see some kind of, I guess, I don't know, maybe a job interview segment between him and Billy just to sort of give Aiden that chance to sort of give off his character, know more about him. But um, I really like in this, I don't know, he gives me this 50 kind of vibe to his character and his tone. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Harold, did you want to say anything? Yes. That's actually... Um, yes. Um, I, I I really enjoyed this, that they're, you know, obviously giving Aiden O'Shea something to do. It reminds me a lot of when Jim Cornette brought Matt Morgan in, where he was kind of his, uh, you know, someone who enforced the rules. And that's what I think Billy Corgan kind of needed because he's going to be talking a lot of smack to wrestlers, but he's not going to be able to wrestle, obviously. So adding some sort of muscle to back him up on decisions that he's going to make, I thought that was a really smart move. And it gives Aiden O'Shea something to do, which we've been begging for. Finally, we're getting it. Obviously, they have the Chicago connection. Makes sense. And... Hopefully this will lead into Aiden O'Shea getting a lot more TV time, and hopefully we'll see him back in the ring very soon. Um, as far as I, if I can jump in here, what I'd like to see, I'm, I'm glad to see him back. I would like to see him take over the talking role for Billy Corgan, because quite frankly, I mean, Billy Corgan is a great musician and everything, and he, you know, I approve of his, you know, he's done some great stuff for this company so far, but as a talker, he is a cure for insomnia. So, hello. Yeah, so I definitely like agree with. I definitely, I would like to see uh, if you're going to utilize O'Shea, use the fact that he he can be kind of a uh, a talker and a heel guy or whatever you want him to do. I'm not sure right now. He's a heel. I guess he's kind of a, they're kind of a face or a twin. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, let him do the talking because Corgan has said he doesn't want to be on TV. He, he said that, and this is an opportunity to give another, to give a talent TV time, let him be the voice of authority or whatever, and only bring Corgan out once in a huge while. You know, DK, I like that a lot. Actually, uh, Mr. Drake already bringing the knowledge on us. Yeah, Billy Corgan, he's not really that good on TV, and, you know, it's kind of surprising because, yeah, he's a big rock star. He's very, very, very successful, especially in the 90s, you know, so the guy's obviously got stage presence, not too afraid to be out there in front of crowds, but he just doesn't trans over well, and yeah, I mean, definitely, I'd be awesome to see Aiden O'Shea just come out there and 
deliver the messages while Billy's off screen. And, you know, you'd probably see faces and he'll get pissed at the guy. I'd probably get O'Shea in a lot of stuff. Um, I, I definitely like that idea, and I hopefully that's something we might get. Um, what we did get told was that we were going to have every title defended on the show. Um, and so that's where it led to with the title. Every single title would be defended tonight on Impact. But uh, before we go there, let's just go back to Aiden O'Shea, because Numero, you, you said that, you would have liked to see, you know, like a job interview or something. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, he just kind of randomly showed up there. Josh Matthews acknowledged it. But um, the one thing that they did at least do was they gave us an interaction between Aiden O'Shea and Maria where he called her tits. Um, she was trying to get back there to talk to Billy Corgan. Basically, you know, that that's what we expect from Aiden O'Shea. If you see him on Twitter, that's just the kind of way he talks. It's his gimmick. It's his shtick. It's funny. Um, he didn't really get to unleash his true personality. Uh, there, but um, let's just go ahead. If you guys any have any thoughts, uh, Numero, any thoughts on uh, the interaction between Maria and Aiden O'Shea? Uh, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Again, speaking to about his character, you know, he saying the whole touch and while Maria still being this prima donna kind of persona, you don't call me touch. I am the first play in professional wrestling. You know, he said, "All right, touch. All right, touch. Calm down. Boss approved your rematch." And uh, you know, we'll talk more about. Um, Maria's match later, but I think this is uh, kind of the re- kind of interaction we should be seeing from it. And, and so to you know piggyback on what Drake was saying, I definitely agree that Billy is just not good on the mic, uh, even though he is supposed to be this authority figure. So maybe we sh- should give Aiden this sort of spotlight to carry on these kind of assistant, I guess, general manager roles. He gives them something to do, and you know he's pretty entertaining from what we've seen so far, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, mean, DK, I agree. That, yeah, I agree, I agree there with the last thing right. I said. Um, it's just basically, um, it gives him something to do, and I think it's a perfect way to reintroduce him um, because we really didn't get a whole lot of him with his first time uh, as the Aiden O'Shea. So this is going to give him something to do in storyline, and it's going to hopefully lead to some feuds and um you know, Billy Corgan's going to be the the main authority figure, I would think, for a while. So why not give him some muscle? And that's what I really like about it. Um, I think I've already kind of, like, said what I think. I think this guy can talk, and he's got something, as Raven said earlier. Um, so, yeah, give him something to do. Give him something meaningful that he can sink his teeth into. Um, and... You know, we'll get get the team in the ring, but I know. So, yeah, so far so good with Aiden O'Shea. Absolutely, and Tom's going to play itself out. And, you know, I, I think the more comfortable he gets and the more interactions we get, he's going to see a lot more of Aiden O'Shea's personality shine through. Um, moving on from Aiden O'Shea, we found something else that we haven't seen in, well, pretty much ever. But uh, so Team X Gold debuts. And uh, we had the team of DJZ, Mandrews, and the non-X Division guy, Braxton Sutter, who they keep in the X Division, for reasons unknown, defeated the Helms Dynasty and their partner, they de- debuting Marche Rocket, Mr. M80, uh, who belongs in the X Division even less than Braxton Sutter from what I saw. But um, 
hey, we got the debut of Marche Rocket finally. Uh, there's a start. Um, a good match. Uh, I'm very happy to see Andrew Everett and Mark Andrews get more TV time. What I'm going to say is I have no fucking idea what in the hell Team X Gold means. The point, uh, it's a six-man tag. That's all we know. I don't know what's coming next. Um, I don't know if we're getting new X Division faces or what. Um, but we got a six-man tag that was pretty damn entertaining and talent that we would like to see on TV. But uh, I still don't know what the hell the point or purpose or what this is. I'm going to send it over to Numero. You can go ahead and chime in your thoughts. Maybe you have a better idea what Team X Gold actually is about. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about how Billy sort of came out in the start of the show saying that every title will be defended. But he did say every title bet the X Division because we're going to introduce Team X Gold. So, you know, I'm sort of telling, asking myself, so what is Team X Gold? And we didn't really get an answer to that. Uh, the whole thing I got from this I guess match, if you want to call it, is that it was a standard exhibition. It was it wasn't even an exhibition match. It was a standard six-person tag, and the whole thing that I got at the end of it was that Team X Gold is basically a stable that includes uh, DJC, Andrews, and Braxton. That I just all I can say from it was just a standard uh, six-person tag. That I just hope that we get some kind of explanation or if they just drop it and just actually focus on the X division title. So those are my two cents on the issue. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. I don't know. But my concern would be is DJZ is going to be a part of this. Is he going to be defending the X division title as well or what's going to happen? And as near as I can tell, it's some kind of series of six man tag matches. That's just what I'm getting. I don't know what's exactly at stake. They need to do a better job of explaining just everything about it. And, and they just kind of introduced it. They didn't, you know, at least with the grand title, when they introduced that, they gave it some, they gave you something on the screen and they kind of explained what was going on. This has just been thrown out there. And I don't, we're just told that Billy Corgan and DJZ came up with it. So I don't know what to make of it. It was a decent match. It was a good match, but didn't they introduce somebody like Marsh Rocket with no nothing. I mean, what is his character? What is he doing? What is he? Why is he teaming up with Everett and Lee? What, what's going on with that? So they just kind of dumped this guy out there uh, with no real introduction or sort of characterization or anything. So it was kind of, and he didn't really factor that much into the match. So, and that wasn't, so that was kind of a, a disappointing debut. Um, as far as Braxton Sutter goes, I'd like to see I'd like to see them give him personality and a character, give him something to work with. He's just Braxton Sutter, and I don't know what he's supposed to be other than a wrestler, generic wrestler. So, yeah, right now he isn't very exciting, but that's because they haven't given him something to do. And yeah, get him out of the X division, put him in the tag team division or something. So that's just I mean, I was great to see Mandrews as well, and I'd like to see them do something with Mandrews and his band. And so that's, yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts. And DK, that's no BS. Yeah. But, you know, I, um, I like when TNA tries new things and I, I, I like, I like when they try to go against the grain, but the problem is we didn't know what 
they were actually doing. And all we heard was that Billy Corgan and DJ Z came up with this Team X Gold, but they never told us what Team X Gold is. So there was a big disconnect there with, I think, a lot of people. The match was good, had no problems with the match. Um, The only thing they really mentioned was when you get tagged, you have to go out right away. So that's really all we got. And I, I would I would I would hope to think that there's more to this than than just that, which I believe there will be. Um as far as the Marche Rocket debut, um they really obviously didn't explain it by himself or with Trevor Lee or uh Andrew Everett, but uh the Pope kind of sold it in a way that he said that they recruited him. Um so that's kind of all we really got with his background. Um, but from the match, he looks more of a power wrestler. Um, unless he can do some high-flying stuff, I didn't see it there. So if he's going to be in the X division, he's going to at least have to do some high-flying moves. I mean, Samoa Joe did that. He was bigger, but he could still do some flying moves, which kind of made him fit in the division. Um, as far as the match itself, it was it was really good. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I love the ending with the power bomb into the shooting star press. Thought that was really good. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I, I mean, I think the matches are going to be really good. We just need some more clarification as to what this actually is. And since it is called Team X Gold, you would think some type of way someone's going to get a shot at the X Division title. So I don't really know how they're going to go forward with this, but the matches were good and that's, you know, I'm okay with it. I just hope we get some more clarification next week. Yeah. And I guess it didn't even dawn on me, but I mean, we, we were told that all the uh, titles would be on the line tonight, but obviously the exhibition title was not. Um, so that was weird. And look, this is the heel cast. Like everyone that's listened to us, at least from the start knows how big we are on the X division. Um, and, and like I'm, I'm by no means am I complaining. They could have just given a random six person or six man X division tag team match. I'd have been happy, satisfied. Wouldn't have heard a complaint out of my mouth. Um, I'm, I'm just saying, tell us what the hell this is and what's the point. Um, why is it called this? Why is the word gold there? Are we getting like a uh, three person X division tag team championship belt? What? Um, you know, so, so there's some questioning there, but. Uh, still, no complaints on the matches. We're getting talent that we need to see on. We're getting the X Division focus. And, you know, Hurls, you brought up the point about Marche Rocket and not seeing the X Division. So here's the thing. You talk about the power wrestling and stuff. It's, when I watched the one-night-only extravaganza, and when I reviewed it on the on this show, too, like, the guy doesn't do anything that looks X Division. He had Mark Andrews in there wrestling against him, which kind of pulled it off to make it look somewhat. Uh, just because everything in, or Mark Andrews does is X Division, but it was not an X Division match. And I don't know what they're doing with the guy. Should have at least given him some sort of, uh, you know, character to him or at least explain more. But, hey, at least the guy's on TV. Um, yeah, and like you guys, uh, Braxton Sutter, I, I think there's more to the guy than what we're seeing. But, yeah, I'd say give him a fucking tag team partner because, I'm tired of the guy getting such a big push everywhere. Why not team him and Rocket up, throw them in, have Mike Bennett use them as like his, you know, his uh, jacks or whatever. I don't know how the hell you want to call it, but Kingdom of Miracles, they're a step below Mike Bennett. 
have Maria be their mouthpiece, gives you a tag team. There we go. But uh, regardless, at least we got that. And uh, another thing we got would be something awesome, which was a talk show TV set for the Facts of Life starring E, Lie, Drake. Um, and the best guest he's really had, the star, the main man of TNA, their number one guy, EC3 was the guest. So basically, guys, we get Eli Drake doing his normal stick on the Facts of Life, which other than the very first show has actually been a great wrestling talk show uh, that does its job with pretty much the best talker in wrestling in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of people's opinions at least. So during this, I mean, some of the highlights we had, uh, we had Eli Drake call EC3 a choke artist. Um, he, Eli Drake also made light of the rising. He mentioned Micah, kind of made fun of Micah for not being there. Um, you know, said that basically he went out to say that EC3 was kind of given everything in the company to get to where he's at, whereas Eli Drake was basically supposed to be held down and look at where Eli Drake has came. Um, and so it, it definitely seemed to spark a rivalry and get under EC3's skin. Um, you know, and Eli Drake had said that um, EC3 is not on his level and then he just kind of walked away. I'm excited about this feud, uh, if that's where we're going. And I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better as far as on the microphone. And I'm going to kick this over to Josue. Oh, my God, Numero. Uh, and we will have Numero talk about his thoughts on the facts of life. Dummy, yeah. Dummy, yeah. We could have used that button right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, I really like this segment. I think um, Eli Drake definitely has um, a lot of charisma to him. I know we sort of said before that EC3 was sort of kind of losing some steam. Ever since he turned face, you know, he probably doesn't have as much swagger as he did when he was a heel, but I think we saw some of that fire again in this segment. And maybe that's just because he's done he's off the, um, some of the energy that he likes, you know, kind of throwing that in. I definitely laughed at the whole, um, that Eli, you know, sort of poked fun at the whole ride, what was the rise, and that's, you know, sort of fell in the whole Mika thing. I think he sort of said, Mika who, so... Uh, that was definitely probably my highlight of this whole segment. I hope that we see more of it in the future. I think it's a way to sort of help build promos if we're going to keep this view with EC3 going. I think it's something that I'm looking forward to because we know these both of these guys can talk on the mic and that when it gets into their matches, there'll be, you know, a reason for fans to care and get behind both of these guys. So something I'm looking forward to. I would say I I love this segment. It might have been the best part of the show for me. And um, EC3 and Eli Drake as a feud would be awesome. But here's my only problem. Neither of these guys really, I mean, who gets the loss? Who wins this feud? Because, I mean, EC3 has kind of been, I mean, you know, he lost it down for glory. He's kind of on a little downspin. They've, and if Eli Drake has been kind of stopping Joe and they, they kind of want to push him, then he loses. I mean, he wins the King of the Mountain title, and then he starts to, like, maybe build something with that, and then he loses it, and then he's kind of, like, losing in the, the, um, the, the number one content, whatever he's. So, I mean, he, both of these guys have to be strong, in my opinion. I mean, Eli Drake's got the bound for a gold title shot. So you can't make him look weak and come out on the losing end of it. But at the same time, EC3 has got to be, I mean, are you going to make EC3 your number one guy? 
and then go with them in coming into you know going into 2017. So my my only question is going to be like a great feud, but probably great 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 promos. But you know who's going to come out on the losing and winning ends of this? That would be my concern. This segment was awesome. Um, this was something where you would watch it and you could actually see the tension building between the two. And that's what really gets me as a wrestling fan. Like something that you, you know, you have to suspend. You don't really have to suspend disbelief too much because I thought the way these two interacted was just awesome. Like EC3 showed so much passion in this promo. Um, you, you could, you could believe what he was saying and Eli Drake, you could believe too, because sure he was being a dick to EC3, but when he actually said, you know, I despise you for being so everything was handed to you and, and whatnot. And I had to start from the bottom and, you know, scratch and claw my way to where I am. That was great. Um, it was, you know, and the, the little things like actually giving this like a, like a, a nighttime talk show feel to it, I think added a lot to it too. Not just like a podium in the ring. I think this looked a lot better, and I like it. The feud's going to be interesting. Um, it, is, it is a little surprising, but maybe we're just not going to get that Eli Drake uh, bound for gold cash in for a while, and that's what I think is going to happen. But to further your point, DK, um, I think that EC3 probably should win this because at, at worst – Eli Drake, he has the ball for gold. So he's always got that going for it, him. So EC3 just, you know, he lost a pretty big main event to Bobby Lashley at Ball for Glory. So he needs, you know, he needs to get a little of his steam back. And I think this promo, though, really, really set EC3 up there uh, as far as Mike's skills, if he wasn't already at the top. Yeah, um, you know, obviously one thing that can come to mind, uh, and Mr. Drake kind of brought it up too, about, uh, you know, the, the sporadic kind of booking that they've done with Eli Drake where he goes from, you know, really hot and on top to kind of buried down. You know, there was a time he was jobbing out to Grado and stuff like that. But clearly one thing that's going to come to mind, you know, the, the champion Lashley, maybe Eli Drake could be the one to defeat him or EC3, which leads up to a title feud between, uh, you know, E, Lai, Drake, and EC3. Oh, but who knows if it's going to be Lashley. Maybe we'll talk about that soon enough. Um, but definitely big things to come with this. It, it should be great. Uh, who's going to complain, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. moving on to something I could complain about. My girl, Sienna, has not been booked that well since she lost her title, right? Uh, but she did get a rematch for the knockout title as she was defeated by our knockout champion, Gail Kim. And uh, we also saw, uh, what was it, Sienna, Maria, and Lauren kind of, or Lauren, Van- Lauren Von Ness, I believe. Um, I can't say it. I know she's screaming at me if I said it wrong like she does, Allie. Kind of braided Allie afterwards. And uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick it over here to Numero. And Numero, um, Go ahead, and you're a knockout guy. I know you didn't get to really talk about Gail Kim's Hall of Fame from Bound for Glory. If you want to throw that in there, 
go for it, but uh, I'm going to kick it over to you about Sienna versus Gail Kim as well. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I do want to say that I was really glad to see Gail Kim going to the TV Hall of Fame. Um, I definitely think she deserves it. I think she's been the glue. I know she's controversial just because of the way she's booked and everything. I know we've had debates about this a lot on TNA Salem and on Twitter and everywhere else, but I think there's no denying how important Gail has been for TNA and for the knockouts and for women's wrestling in general. I think that she had her moment about for Gloria. Fortunately, the match against Maria wasn't as great, which kind of sucked for me just because TNA invested, I don't know, nine months into this feud. And for it to just end in the five-minute, you know, kind of match, it just sucked. But um, we did see another title match this weekend. I guess my only question is, why did Sienna get this title match instead of Maria, you know, who was entitled, I guess, her rematch clause, but I guess they sort of explained that later uh, in the show because Maria said she was going to cash in on her title rematch next week in a no-DQ match. So we'll see that. Uh, title match again this week, but um, I like this. I like that Tiana had a chance to show some of her skills this week. I think this was her best match to date in TNA. I think the only thing working against Tiana was the timing. I think it sucks that the knockouts have been getting, you know, the short end of the stick in terms of uh, how much time they're given in the match. But um, we saw the post beat down. We saw Maria try to bully Ali into partake in this Gail beat that she didn't. She was knocked down. I just think the whole, you know, berating Allie, you know, has run its course already. I think it's time for Allie to stand up for herself because the longer that she, you know, is, tolerates this, the more, I don't want to say foolish, but that's, I guess that's what I'm going to use, the more foolish she is going to look when she does finally, I guess, you know, turn on Maria. I just don't want it to be a case where it takes too long that, She's going to be seen more as, a, I guess, a fool than someone who's finally standing up for themselves. Uh, well, I'm going to rant on this, I'm afraid, a little bit here, because this, this annoyed me. I mean, Sienna, I mean, we've seen her eat the feet twice, once in a match, once when Gail kind of thwarted the beat down, and she's was, and now she just loses this match out of nowhere. I mean, she's supposed to be this powerhouse, supposed to be someone that intimidates and you're afraid of and everything, and yet she, Gail Kim just, just started beating her over and over again. I think she's been really damaged uh, by this. In fact, and then the fact that she didn't have a, a title reign that was really worth mention, mentioning, unfortunately. And it's too bad because Tiana is someone that I wanted TNA to sign. Um, and she has so much talent as a, a performer and can bring character and all that. And I just feel like you know, putting her with Maria is a disservice because she doesn't mm-hmm. need Maria. She's not one of these people that needs Maria or anyone else to be a mouthpiece for her. So just in general, as far as the, the Sienna part of this, I'm really disappointed. I also want to point out they they put Madison on on uh, Madison Rain on Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, and but I can't blame you for forgetting about that anymore because she really didn't add anything. I I don't think Josh or whatever the there wasn't she didn't get to talk enough for whatever reason. They kind of talked over her and and everything, so we really didn't get her insight. And it's also um, FK9 pointed out 
uh, on his uh, his recent uh, straight shooting. You know, she talks about how Gail and she are friends, and then when she's getting Gail's getting beat down, Madison's sitting there at the broadcast table, and doesn't lift mm-hmm. a finger. So there was some inconsistency there, I guess. Um, and so as far as like match goes and this whole thing with, I mean, the the highlight of even once again was Allie because she plays her character so well. And, you know, even though she didn't get much to do, just getting kind of getting bullied by Laurel Van Ness and Maria, but, um, and a little bit by Sienna too, but, uh, or actually a lot by Sienna. But um, I don't know. I think the reason why, you know, maybe they, they stalled on this or slowed this down is because, you know, they brought in Laurel Van Ness and she's kind of become Allie's main agitator or something. So you get the feeling that she's going to have to go through Laurel Van Ness first. So I think they want to kind of keep her in the fold to kind of let Laurel Van Ness get some heat off of degrading Allie and, and everything else. So that, that would be my thought on why they haven't pulled the trigger on an Allie turn yet. So that's just kind of my my thoughts. And if, if we go too far into why, you know, why Gilkin is champion and how she, this should never have been, like, like this is a match we're getting next week with Maria's leadership on the line. The knockouts, that's what Bound for Glory should have been. Instead of the title, take from Maria what she values the most and make it a no DQ match and everything. But I mean, putting the title on Gail makes no sense to me. And, uh, and just that match was not good at bound for glory. I did see that match. That, that match was not great at all. It was not a bound for glory pay-per-view match. That was a, that was almost a match you'd expect to be taped for impact, like not even a live impact match. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of really, Concerned about which how the knockouts are being booked and where they're going. So that's kind of my. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. But no, you did great. I would add more, but I don't think I had time to. I was just going to say, I yeah. mentioned this last time that they really. We're talking about these rematches, Claude, and looking back at this whole thing, Jade never got a rematch, Ali never got a rematch, Sienna never got a rematch. So I would have preferred they made that into a triple threat match to at least address those rematch yeah. classes that we never saw. And, you know, I think you put up a great point that this week is the power versus title. That's how they're building it. That should have been a bound for glory. And at least the no DQ stipulation would have hit some of Maria's weakness because this was her first match in two years. And how are you going to throw a nine-month feud into this, your biggest pay-per-view? It's just yeah. going to make sense to me. Other to just give Gail her glory moment. But she already had that glory moment with her Hall of Fame ceremony pit. Like I said, uh, just to sort of add it. Because yeah. to that fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't like it. Don't get me started on on Gail and what is happening. I mean, because I, I I respect Gail. I admire. Her. I've I've compared her to saying that she's the closest thing we've seen to Manami Toyota from all Japan Pro Wrestling days. And uh, I actually and she actually liked that that tweet I sent out. But I mean, so in, in terms of wrestling, she's great. But also, let's face it, Gail doesn't have much of the way of a character. Or Mike and TNA is going really in the direction where character and mic skills and all that stuff is more important than the wrestling. So she's an odd choice also to be champion when you have someone like, I don't know, Sienna, eventually Allie, Rosemary, whoever you've got seeing the wings that sort of are much more of a complete sort of uh, 
performer. Yeah, um, Numero, I'm not sure if you counted, but Jade technically did get a rematch. She was in that, I believe it was a fatal four-way for the knockouts title. I'm not I'm not certain if, if you're counting that match, but it was for the knockouts title. She obviously didn't win it, but um, she did get another shot at the title. Not a one-on-one well, shot. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I think you've been mm-hmm. talking about. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I just think, I mean, the match at Bound for Glory, I don't know if it was ever supposed to be great because look at where the placement was. Um, I think it was there just to give fans a, a breath between the uh, Great War and the, the main event. Um, but I think, you know, the, 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 I agree, Gail, Gail Kim is, is kind of like the John Cena of the knockouts division, pretty much. She just kind of overcomes the odds so many times. And DK, I agree with your point that Sienna could be used a lot better. Um, I actually don't think she should have won the title as fast as she did. I think that kind of hurt her more because Mm -hmm. if she never did win the title, then she could just kind of be Maria's muscle for a while until we see her eventually break off from Maria. So I think that when they gave her the title so quickly, it kind of hurt her character a little bit, but I I think Sienna's got a lot of uh, character and I think she can show it. And I think, um, when she finally does, she's going to hit it out of the park. So it is kind of frustrating to see her limited by being in this big stable. She can't really break out on her own. But at the other end of the coin, I, I see why they do it. Because Maria, you got to have her do something besides just walk out with Mike Bennett. So she kind of needs, needs a stable because she's not a great wrestler. So mm-hmm. she does need you know, others to be in a stable with her. So I, I get that. But, um, you know, eventually, hopefully that we'll, we'll get Sienna to break off on her own. And um, also with, as far as Allie goes, you know, I, I think they're doing the real slow burn with this. But if you noticed, Allie's dressing a little different lately. Um, so I don't know if that's, you know she's gonna she's gonna do something soon, but I, I I would have to think so. So and like you said, next week is the no DQ uh, for the knockouts title. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure some type of shenanigans are gonna go down. Um, like I said, I don't read the spoilers, so I'm just guessing here. So, but that's really all I have uh, as far as the knockouts go right now. Uh, I just want to add that. Uh, when you look at the state of the knockouts right now, and look at they just brought in Brandy Rose. She's an unknown quantity at best. Uh, Maria, I don't know how long she's going to compete in the knockouts division. You've got Raquel, you've got Chelsea Green, you've got kind of this once again this imbalance of kind of green talent. No, no pun intended. And it's almost like they're just forfeiting the whole women's wrestling thing to the WWE NXT and just. I mean, because, I mean, the wrestlers that they do have that are good, they don't usually let them wrestle. And, I mean, Rosemary hasn't really been in the division. Allie, of course, has her character, and she's played it great and um, everything, but she hasn't been allowed. She's really a good wrestler, and she hasn't been allowed to show it. So you've really got this division that is really, I think, 
tilted towards green talent. And then they need to bring in, what I'm saying is they need to bring in some more talent, talented wrestlers with character. And there are plenty of them out there in women's wrestling. I won't go into names right now, but uh, there's plenty of them out there that they could bring in to sort of balance out the division. Because, I mean, can anyone really say, I mean, Raquel, Kelsey, Brandy Rhodes, I don't know that I want to see them feature too much in, in knockouts matches. That's my okay. I'm done. Well, I think I think though, like we're all kind of hoping, and I mentioned this a, a couple weeks ago about we're we're all kind of hoping for a Taryn Terrell situation where we didn't expect anything, and the bar was set so low, and she just hit it out of the park and became one of the most uh, entertaining knockouts in the division. Uh, uh, same with Brooke Brooke Tessmacher too. We. You know, I think most didn't really expect much of her, but she just improved and improved each week. So, it, you know, that's kind of what I would I would think we're all hoping for in that situation. That's true. And they just let Rebel, I guess they let Rebel go. That's been confirmed that Rebel's gone. She actually quite... was, she was not let go, but her contract expired and oh. they did not renew it. But okay, yeah, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure because she was in India recently. She tweeted about being there with King Kali or whatever. So I didn't know if she still maybe had something to do with the company. But uh, but she was another one. She had great character, I think, or a potential character. But they never did anything with her. But you know, her wrestling was green. I'd like to see them bring in, you know, some people instead of like, like that green. Like Allie's actually doing a better job of Allie's doing like she's a green wrestler as a character. She's playing yeah. that part better than I've seen any so-called, I mean, inexperienced wrestler going back even to when the WWE did those diva search things and all that. She's, she's playing that part better and she's a skilled wrestler. So I don't I, this whole, like, I don't, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not, I, I guess I'm not into this idea of watching to see what talent to do. I mean, I'm willing to give Brandy Rhodes a chance and I'm all a chance, but I'm not, thrilled with the idea of just bringing in green wrestler after green wrestler for whatever reason and kind of watering down the talent and knockouts. Division. So anyways, I'm sorry. I, I promised I wouldn't, I, I promised I'd stop about that, but it's okay. I'm done. Mr. Drake, you got to pop that heel cast cherry. Okay. Now. I haven't even started giving you shit yet for Christ's sake. Uh, I'm kind of slacking. I've, Really, since the break, I've not been the same Raven effect. I've got to step up my game a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you guys are talking about the green stuff. And, you know, Raquel got mentioned. And, look, from what I've, what I've understood and from what I've heard from people that, who opinion I trust that have seen Raquel as of late, from what I've heard, the girl's really, really improved. And, she is, like, I've heard people say she's literally just about there. And, like, people have been blown away with how good I've heard uh, that she's been from some reports. I know that TNA mm. trusted her enough to uh, throw her out there and let her come on to explosion at these past tapings. And I, there may have even been a one-night-only match. But we are going to see Raquel in a TNA ring on explosion at some point soon. Um, you know, just some final things to kind of clean, uh, clean up here. Um, you know, I think when Allie snaps, I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to get over. Well, I think this is going to be the most over baby face in this entire division um, by a lot, to be honest with you guys. I thought that the uh, face turn would have happened by now, but I, 
I believe it was uh, DK over here who brought up the Laurel Van Ness point, and that's that's a good point. That may very well be the case. Um, I uh, I also don't understand why Sienna was never overly mad about Gail or not Gail, but uh, Maria pinning Allie to get her belt back after the fluke win where Allie took Sienna's belt. Sienna was never pinned for it, but hey, whatever. It is what it is. And, um, you know, the, the point about Madison Rain being brought up, I'm sure Josh probably didn't want her to talk to everyone. knows she's way too good for him to start with, and she doesn't need to outshine him <laughs> at something else. But, uh, you know, the, the point that FK9 makes is a good one that you brought up. I, I will say just a couple months ago, we did see Madison Rain attack Gail from behind when it had to do with the Knockouts Championship yeah. as a belt. So maybe they could say Madison let it happen because, hey, that's the champ. That's what her goal is to get to. But I don't know. Good point, FK9. Uh, thanks for having it repeated on our show. You're just mm-hmm. a real, real nice guy there, FK9. And, you know, the, just the very last thing I have to say, I, I hear all this Gail talk, and I haven't really chimed in on it. Uh, you know, Gail's a John Cena. It's time to pass the torch. Gail's getting booked too strong. Um, like, I get it. I agree in a lot of ways. I think Jade, Sienna, Rosemary, Allie, there's a lot of stars there. Like, a, a very good crop of girls. I am a big Knockouts fan this year. I hadn't been in a lot of years. I am enjoying the Knockouts right now. But I'm going to say this. Gail is the best women's wrestler of all time. She's very over. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be a good talker. Uh, she's mm-hmm. already there. She has a good match with everyone, and I haven't seen a girl lose a step in the ring, and honestly, until that happens, I don't, you know, like, I'm not ready to say, hey, let's get Gail Kim out. Let's have Gail Kim retire. Can't wait until she's young, because I'm not. I, I, I'm i a huge Gail Kim fan. She's the best women's wrestler I have ever seen, bar none. She can have a great match with anyone on that division, probably other than uh, Maria and Brandy, but who knows? Maybe Brandy will be good. <laughs> but we're going to move on. Just had to get those out there. So, guys, we had a uh, new pop TV show, Wolf Creek. I've seen the movie. The movie sucked ass, uh, but it looks like they made a TV show out of it. Now, this was a cage match with the Broken Hardys, Broken Matt, and Brother Nero defending against the former champions, DK. This was just, what, technically, from the way it was shown on TV, uh, what, four days from Bound for Glory with the Great War. And basically, it... There was a chainsaw. It was kind of like lethal lockdown with uh, the, you know, breaks and intermission where people come into the match. Uh, but there was weapons there, no top on the cage. But Broken Hardys did retain their newly won tag team championship. However, this was a crazy match. Uh, I caught the end of the match. From what I understand on the East Coast, uh, a lot of you did not. Uh, Numero, go ahead and weigh in on the Great War. Or, I'm sorry, not the Great War, but the Wolf Creek Steel Cage match. <laughs> Well, first off, I am glad to see some kind of cross promotion between TNA and Pop. At least, you know, it says that there's some kind of, you know, ongoing partnership. Unlike the whole, you know, Destination America barbecue pit, they try to, you know, stick in when TNA were there. But um, we, I was sort of affected by the whole, I guess, the cutoff match. I thought Matt Hardy, I thought it was part of the whole Matt Hardy delete, delete, delete kind of stick. That um, I like this match. The only thing um I would say is that you pretty much pointed out for me it was sort of like a a smaller lethal lockdown with the chainsaw they just happened to throw in there. Um, I think you know there was lots of you know spots that we saw that I was able to catch the the complete match on YouTube that Pop had put on their um their account, and I I did like to see 
I'd like seeing Rosemary and, you know, Bradley still be part of the match. You know, Rosemary coming in, showing no fear again. She's the reason why, you know, we're always pro-Rosemary on this podcast. You know, sort of go up there and spray, I mean, you know, throw her mist up on uh, Brother Nero and then Bradley to come down and make the rescue. You know, I think it was, you know, sort of a typical first title defense between these tables. But I really like this match. Um, I it was better than the whole deletion things because I've not really, I haven't been a fan of those, but I'm glad to see that they sort of, you know, toned it down a bit. It was a fun way to, you know, include both teams in the rematch that it would be. But I hope that we see DK get back to, I guess, a new torch, so to speak, because I think they, they're, you know, their course with the Hardys has kind of, you know, been done with, so I would like to see them move on to a new feud. Um, it was a good match. It was it was entertaining in some respects. Um, the stuff with Rosemary climbing the cage was great, and then kind of uh, Ruby pulling her off the cage and her Ruby or pulling her off the cage and kind of slamming her down and and all that. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I just don't like the way Decay has been kind of booked in this feud. It's been made to look, I mean, for sometimes they're made to look strong, like the week before, or whatever, uh, Impact Before Bound for Glory, when they took all the Hardys out. But then, you know, you have something like the leader Decay, and they do all this damage, supposedly, to the Hardys, and then the Hardys just magically recover from it. I don't feel like the Hardys were made like the underdogs in this feud at all. I think Decay was the underdog and they're the heels. You're really supposed to feel like Decay is this overwhelming force that the Hardys shouldn't really have had or should have been searching for answers to. And I don't, so, but I like the, the outside the box thinking of this feud and all that stuff. I think the Hardys were, were both too strong. I don't think Rosemary should have, I mean, Rosemary's character has been damn, I mean, she struggled with Raquel. She kind of, I mean, she put Rebby through a table, but other than that, Rebby pretty much uh, dominated that part of the feud. Um, so I don't think, you know, Decay has, has got unique potential to me to be something really, or be something really big, especially Crazy Steve and Rosemary. And I don't think that as, that they were necessarily handled great or, or have been handled great ever since they became tag team champions. So I don't know. I'd like to see something go on with them, some kind of reinvention to get them back on track and get them to be this dominating force that people are being afraid of. Um, as far as the Hardys, what do they do now? Who do they match up with? There's not much of a tag team division in TNA right now. So I don't know what's next for them, but uh, I guess, Credit to Matt Hardy. He's reinvented himself. Jeff's kind of reinvented himself, and they've gotten over. So um, I have to give credit to them. So I, I actually feel like the Great War should have been the main event at Bound for Glory. But uh, and I actually feel like on this show that this should have been the main event because you just weren't going to get anything crazier than this. And I don't think there was a need to put all the titles on the line. But that's just, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, that's just my thoughts.
Hello? Hey, Harold. You got uh, anything you want to chime in here on the uh, Wolf Creek cage match? I think you might be speaking with Mute on. Yes. Um, I feel like I enjoyed this match quite a bit because I, I love the physicality and I thought it it was a really solid match and I'm really enjoying how Rebby, Rebby's character is starting to go a little crazy, especially with her putting uh, the blood on her face at the end there. And I enjoyed how Pop TV and TNA are kind of um, – they're doing a little pro- cross promotion with the shows. I, I, and that just shows that had, that they have a really good relationship, which is really nice to hear, especially after the destination America debacle. But um, I, I, I feel that like you said, DK, that, you know, where, where's it going to go next? Um, you know, you're going to need some new tag teams in here. And I would be pretty confident that, we're going to get some in the, in the next few weeks, I would hope. So um, as far as that, though, I think this was probably the end of the feud um, because I, I just I don't know what else they're going to do with these two teams. It just kind of seems fitting that the, D, uh, the DK got their rematch. They didn't, they didn't uh, get them back. So it was a cage match, and it was probably to blow off the feud. So... Um, I if this was the end of it, I really enjoyed this feud. I thought it was really good, and um, you know I think the DK can rebound. They they definitely can rebound. They're just going to have to do something else for a little while. Well, uh, whoever the broken Hardys face, um, hopefully the DK can start a feud with someone else and, and, and look strong. And you know maybe in the future we can we can revisit the feud, but. I, me overall, I, I enjoyed this match. I I also thought this was the best match on the on Impact this past week. So, um, also with the technical difficulties that they had, um, I just watched the end on YouTube. So, like like I think a lot of people did. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but um, I think we only missed about the last three minutes of the match. So it wasn't wasn't um, wasn't too big of a deal, but luckily they put it on YouTube, so that was good. Yeah, you know, it, it's this whole feud has been really good in my opinion. I think that there's a there's still more that they can and should squeeze out of it, especially with the tag team division the way that it is. Uh, and you still have Rosemary there um, as well, and her and Rebby. You know, it seems like everything's not finished or settled yet. Uh, I would have liked to see the belts maybe go back and forth or at least DK get a little stronger than this because they've been the champs for a long time and, like, they've been killing it on TV. Not that the Hardys haven't been because, good God, is Matt Hardy just taking over. But, um, you know, I, I also wanted to see DK get a little stronger of a push and maybe not have the rematch this soon. Um, I hope there's more to come. If this is the end of DK versus the Hardys, like, if we're looking at heel tag teams, I think the best ones have to be the Helms dynasty right now. Uh, tribunals out there too, I guess. We know uh, the American Wolves should be back together soon, or in TNA terms, just the Wolves. Um, you know, there's, if they're going to still have them just take on every team, they're sharing Grado out there too. God knows why that would happen. Look, the Brownmans are better. Uh, Jesse Goddard has improved a lot, so there's that as a team. But I think 
Gotta go Helm Fantasy and or the Wolves need to be the next two challengers if it's not going to be the DK for the Hardys. But, um, you know, shout out to everyone in there because they're still tearing it up. And uh, I'd like to see Rosemary get in the ring a lot more. But, you know, to move on from there, uh, we had the game changer himself, Cody. No, Rhodes. His wife is Brandy Rhodes, Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, so, really cool stuff. Uh, so, Cody comes out to the ring. Really kind of puts over TNA, puts over Bound for Glory. Um, he says something about uh, TNA allowing him to play his music. And i got to be honest, uh, that song is kind of, like, stuck in my head. I don't know one single word to the song, but I kind of <laughs> know the voice and, and the melody, and that's just been going on in my head for uh, since Thursday. Um, the, the guy's definitely got something to him that I didn't see when I was watching him in the WWE so far. Um, the other thing I thought was really cool was that he mentioned his list. Um, you know, a lot of the people on Twitter, the internet, IWC know about Cody's list uh, that was mentioned on TNA. Now he says that uh, his his wife Brandy had kind of reminded him that Mike Bennett shouldn't be on the list and that Gold is on the list, and he makes light to having a title shot, but he wants to. Uh, you know, a confrontation leads to him saying he wants to wrestle Mike Bennett first before that title shot. But yeah, good stuff from these two. Uh, Numero, what's your thoughts on Cody Rhodes and TNA? This promo, the stuff going on with him and Bennett and all that. You know, I'm glad to see Cody in TV. I think um, it's some, he's definitely going to have something more to show than he did when he was in WWE. Um, I guess his debut, I guess his impact debut, because we know he debuted at Bam Blood, but his impact wrestling debut, I felt like it was sort of a typical, you know, former WWE star coming into TNA. They He's mentioned, oh, they, I didn't wait for them to let me go. I left on my own. And, you know, he's sort of putting the origin out. And I feel like that's sort of something we typically see when these, you know, former WWE stars come to TNA. I think that the involvement of, you know, his wife, Brandy, I know mean, we, we sort of touched this earlier, you know, giving Maria something to do with the knockout division. Hey, here's something she can do. She can feud with uh, Brandy. I mean, I know their encounter about Bagoya was awful. That's just how I thought. I thought it was terrible and awful. But I feel like they can still, between Marie and Brandy, they can, you know, stand off on the mic. They can have occasional cat fights. It'll give something for both women to do. But I think the one thing that I also took away from this whole segment was Cody mentioning that TNA had sort of given him that title shot. And that's what drew out Mike. And, you know, I think Mike sort of put up a good point, I think, um, that I guess it's similar to what Eli Drake was saying early on the show, that he had to work to get his things. He wasn't handed everything. So that's kind of the whole scenario that I got from the whole thing. You know, Cody's looking for a fight. Um, I'm hoping that Cody sticks with TNA so that he can carry this feud long-term versus, you know, I guess a non, you know, versus a pay-per-appearance kind of talent because I feel like they wouldn't be able to get as much from it if it was a case of Cody just making occasional appearance instead of working on a full-time basis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, Cody Rhodes is somebody I wanted when he was released in TNA. There was like, or when we released from the WWE, there was like Damien Sandow, him, Wade Barrett. I think I was a common sentiment of wanting some combination of those guys, and we got two out of three of them. Um, I don't like that he's here on a, on this kind of T 
deal with ROA where he's like also wrestling for ROH and we don't know how long he's going to be here and he's already getting a title shot. Um, that kind of bodes not well for me. I think he's getting a title shot so quickly and maybe he's not planning on staying that long. Um, but at least, you know, it does give Mike Bennett kind of a, a point to, to sort of have with him and a, a reason, you know, a reason, even more reason to kind of add fuel to the fire. So we'll see what this goes. If he's not going to be here very long, he, I don't know. Do I, I mean, should he be putting guys over? I mean, like a Mike Bennett, I, I think, I think so actually. I and mean, if he's not, he's a temporary guy then I don't want to see him get too big of a push to the point where he's going over guys that are going to be hopefully with the company for a long time. That's my concern. I thought the promo was okay. I mean, it was, it was all right. But, uh, you know, and then the thing with Mike and Maria was good, and there's there's some potential there. We'll just we'll just see where this goes. I guess Cody Rhodes is kind of a wait-and-see for I personally really liked um, this promo because, to me, this kind of becomes one of the hot feuds uh, after Bound for Glory because it was kind of started at Bound for Glory, and now we have another we have a feud that you know it's got some heat behind it. Obviously, after the EC3 Eli Drake talk show segment, we had a you know. really another good feud to look forward to. But this one, this is one that I thought these two are going to have some really good matches. And I'm really looking forward to Cody versus uh, Mike Bennett. Um, As far as, you know, Cody, Cody's uh, promo, I enjoyed it. Um, I I honestly think he's going to do a couple of the matches in ring of honor, but I think ultimately he's going to be with TNA after that. I think he's going to sign with TNA long term, um, at least at least for at least a two year deal or so. When uh, after the new year, he's probably going to see you know what the whole situation is in 2017. But I I'm looking forward to this match. Um, I'm looking forward to Cody seeing what he can do without the WWE. Um, I think he's going to do good things. Um, I, that's really all I can really say. I mean, I'm looking forward. To, to see how they're going to use them in this short little time and then possibly what are they going to do to tease that he'll be back in TNA after uh, the new year. Yeah, you guys bring up some good points. And look, for obviously the one that uh, is going to kind of hit home and have the biggest question mark is what's going to happen when he goes to ROH and how is ROH going to make the guy um, that has really the potential of, you know, TNA being in that position uh, to have him first kind of doesn't do them any favors as far as if someone wants to get in a pissing war to say, hey, our roster is better, our company is better, so forth, so forth. But, um, you know, that, that's the big thing to worry about. But I hopefully think Cody should bring some viewers, although the ratings went a lot down this week. But, who knows, maybe there's something more to it. Um so moving on from there, we had the Grand Championship match where the new champion, uh, the first only champion, Aaron Rex, successfully defended against Baron Dax. Um, 
I don't know how in the hell Baron Dax got a title shot or what he did to kind of get put in that position, but they gave it to him. And um, I have nothing else to say. Aaron Rex won. Um, I was not impressed with anything about this, but I'm not going to go on to just knocking talent and all that right now. So um, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to the panel. Hmm. And um, well, actually, I, let's go ahead and what? start with uh, DK on this one instead of Numero. I, okay. Well, I don't. I don't know. Just like, like you said, there wasn't much rhyme or reason to this match. It felt really random that a tag team wrestler and not a successful one so mm-hmm. far has has gotten like a title, a single title match. It maybe shows that was. I think it kind of points to you know they're really hurting or sort of without Drew Galloway there, without you know Bram and and James Storm. There's no there's a kind of a dearth of, of challengers for him. Eli and EC3 doing their thing now, and um, I don't know. Maybe uh, honestly, I was I would have liked to see Eddie Edwards win this belt at, at uh, Bound for Glory. I think that would have been more of a surprise. I think Bound for Glory was kind of booked paint by the numbers in terms of you know who won. There was not a lot of surprises there. Um, so I don't know. This match didn't do anything for me, and it was just there, and it took up some time on the show. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I think this match really confused me for a couple of reasons. Um, I don't mind, like, if you do a, a little bit, guys get random title shots. I mean, it kind of keeps, you know, you, you're on your toes a little bit. But this one was really random. Um the other problem I had with this match was Baron Dax was beating Aaron Rex the whole match. And Aaron Rex, I think, had one move before he hit the, uh, oh, what's his finisher called? The Kings? I, uh, it's like that, yeah, the submission move. and Yeah, it's like a, he starts it off with a sharpshooter-looking type. Right, but yeah, yeah. Turn it. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know... I have to rewatch what what they called his finisher, but uh, that it was just a very odd match. How he was able to beat Baron Dax so easily after Baron Dax was was winning the entire match. I mean, I guess if if, if it would have been a roll up, it would have probably made a little more sense because then he got a victory out of nowhere. But the match itself just really had no flow, um, it, it, and the way it ended just I think. It just made no sense. I think Baron Dax, you know, he should have looked a little stronger than he did, I guess, especially if he was beating Aaron Rex the whole first round of the match. So I was kind of disappointed with this match. I like the fact that we we get to see different matchups, but this, it just didn't make a lot of sense with the way things ended. And so my thing with this is that I have I really don't have a problem with random matches. I know people complain about that a lot in today's wrestling. I don't. Really, I would say, look, the bottom line is everyone's competing for a championship. A random match is just like any, you know, random fight in the UFC. You're fighting, you're wrestling to get that next step, to step up the ladder, to become the champion. Um, but, look, Baron Dex, is, I, don't, I don't think he's had a single singles match um, 
So uh, that's it. Just kind of is like, why in the hell is this guy getting this shot? But I mean, at least they're trying to get the tribunal on TV or something like that. So it is what it is, I guess. Um, so you know, to to move from there, um, we uh, kind of had a world title match. Now, uh, what we were given was lastly was to choose his opponent. He had three options. He had Moose. The man who they're trying to build up is, you know, the most credible challenger to Lashley. Some guy bigger, badder than Bobby freaking Lashley. Uh, the man that he just defeated, the one percenter, the ass-kicking machine, EC3. Or that guy that he took on a while back, uh, Destination X, defeated a couple times, one half of the Wolves, Eddie Edwards. So, Bobby Lashley shows Eddie Edwards. And... Uh, Kind of insinuated that Eddie Edwards was the the lesser, the easier route to retain his title. And, um, guys, we have a new TNA World Heavyweight Champion, Eddie Edwards, Mr. Diehard, Eddie Edwards. Um, you know, I, I think the title reign of Lashley was fantastic. I think he was the best champion since Bobby Roode, if not the best champion in TNA's history. I think that's one number one and number two. Um, a lot of people aren't happy. I, I'm happy as hell, man. I love Eddie Edwards. I love the Wolves. Uh, I'm a bigger DB guy than Eddie guy, but who cares? Um, it was refreshing. I wish it would have been a live show, um, because the suspense was out and I'll probably kind of say a story here after I let you guys go. But, um, we have Eddie Edwards, new TNA heavyweight champion. I'm going to kick it over to the panel to give your thoughts on the match itself and the new fucking champion. <laughs> well, I think throughout the night we sort of saw that story. You know, I think you sort of touched it already, Raven, that, you know, him giving lastly the option to select his opponent, he went with the quote-unquote easiest opponent, which was Eddie Edwards. And even before all this, we saw we sort of saw Eddie, you know, have that interview with um, – Mackenzie Mitchell sort of saying, choose me lastly, choose me lastly. You know, we saw that kind of heart that Eddie has. And we saw that throughout the match, you know, he did that dive to the barricade, which was insane. I think he really got hurt there, but I think it proves that he wanted to be champion. And uh, I'm one who avoids spoilers too, but of course, when it's something this big, it's something that isn't, it's, you know, it's hard to avoid. So for me, I was sort of, you know, the shock value wasn't there for me because I already knew what had happened. That I sort of questioned the whole I, the whole title switch happening on one of these tape shows instead of Bound for Glory, you know, uh, which was the live show. And even if it was semi-live, I would have preferred TNA to go on that route. But um, I'm not against the idea of it. I think I 100% agree with you that last year was definitely one of the strongest champions we've seen in TNA. And, you know, I sort of see, also see why some people are upset about it, but um, I'm happy for Eddie. I think um, he's been the company's man. I think that there's going to be more to Eddie in his reign. I just sort of wonder how they're going to, who who can he feud with aside from Lashley? I guess we'll um, see. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to, I like, and I like to build up to the match. Lastly, is here's a guy that you know a couple of not too long ago nobody wanted to you know people wanted to have him 
have a mouthpiece and all that. And um, he's really evolved and upped his game in every in every sense. Um, I like the match. I like the story that they told. I would not have taken the belt off Bobby Lashley at this time because they have something different in Lashley, or they had something different than what the WWE is doing. WWE is giving all the internet, you know, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and those guys, they're shot. I mean, Lashley is this dominant champion who looks like a champion. I mean, if you were to put the line, those three guys up, who looks more like, you know, to most casual fans, a champion, Lashley. I feel like they didn't, they didn't really scratch the surface with him as far as the marketing potential of him being their world champion and an MMA guy and all that and dominating champion. So even though I'm all for, I mean, I appreciate Eddie Edwards staying the belt. I appreciate this guy is a really talented wrestler and he's worked really hard and kind of carved his own niche with, uh, with Davey being hurt. Uh, the one kind of question this raises up is what happens when, if he's still the champion, when Davey comes back, will, will they still be the Wolves or will Davey want a title shot? Um, I think that's the intrigue for me in terms of uh, if Eddie Edwards can keep the belt for that long. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was done in a, I mean, I don't think Lashley was made to look weak or anything. I mean, it was done in kind of a, a fluke, fluke way that Lashley wasn't taking him seriously. And he kind of got surprised. Um, the other thing, though, I have about this, they build up this whole Moose Lashley thing as the idea of Moose being the one guy that can stop Lashley. Well, now that isn't true. So what? where does the Moose Lashley thing go from here? Does Lashley get the belt back? Um, is it similar to the Chris Saban situation where he just didn't have, he basically won it in a fluke manner and then lost it right back? Oh, excuse me, lost it right back. I don't know. I mean, I think they build a lot of, interest in Moose versus Lashley for the title. And I'm just wondering, you know, kind of where that goes. But I'm willing to give Eddie Edwards a chance. The guys aren't it. So we'll see. Charles, you got any thoughts on uh, this huge thing that just happened? Yeah, um, a couple things to keep in mind with this whole thing. Um, TNA dude brought this up a couple weeks ago where he thought Lashley had to lose it because he does have a Bellator fight coming. And TNA didn't want him to lose in Bellator and then still keep the title. I personally would have taken the risk because I feel like if Bobby Lashley wins his Bellator fight while he has the title, that just makes him look that much more dominant. And you're exactly right, DK, where WWE is going for more of the indie darling type wrestlers right now. TNA was kind of going the opposite route with having Lashley, this just big powerhouse wrestler, which, you know, he, 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 he's just so physical and, I mean, if you, if you walk up to the guy, you know, you're not, you're, you're going to be very intimidated, intimidated. So, um, I was a little disappointed. I, I, I really enjoy Eddie Edwards. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I just feel like this is where not having pay-per-views, I mean, I'm not saying every month, but 
at least four a year to five a year would really help because that way you could have built up to this Eddie Edwards versus Bobby Lashley match. And, and they probably would have gotten more time because I feel like this match was just, I mean, I think it was maybe seven minutes long at, at most, maybe eight minutes. I just feel the match could have been a little longer, could have given it more time, could have, you know, made it feel a little more special. And I, I would have liked to see at least some confetti too, because, you know, that would have made the, the moment set in a, a little bit more. This just kind of came out of the blue but we'll see how this goes. I'm as far as Eddie winning the title, um, very happy. Um, he's a phenomenal worker, and he he's going to be able to work with with anybody. I hope Eddie Edwards keeps this belt for a while. I hope it's not like a Chris Saban situation because the way Chris Saban won it just looked really weak. I, I feel like Chris Saban, kind of, and that's not his fault. It's just the way that it was booked. I felt like his title reign could have been a little bit better than it was, but I feel like Eddie Edwards is going to at least be somewhat of a fighting champion, so that's that's going to be good, and Bobby Lashley, he's going to go prepare for his MMA fight, so I'm sure he'll get a rematch at some point, but I, I have no problem with Eddie Edwards winning the title. I just think the timing's a little, a little different, especially when Bobby Lashley could have really gone through most of the roster, and then he could have had that big match with Moose, and then maybe Moose could have taken him down. Who knows? But I'll I'll live with Eddie Edwards being the champion because he's a hell of a worker, and I got no problem with him winning. I don't have a problem with the guy winning either. Um, You know, some some thoughts that I have, and you mentioned my partner in crime, TNA Dude, and I just want to give a shout-out to TNA Dude. you know, he very recently on this show uh, had talked about how Eddie Edwards kind of has a perfect counter for Bobby Lashley, how that Boston knee party is a perfect counter for Lashley's spear, uh, and that's exactly what they went with. And it, a lot of people are upset, um, you know, at the finish, and I, I, I just say, look at real fighting. Look in MMA. There's there's times where, you know, you just throw like a, a simple jab um, and just clean, perfect if someone is coming at you with a head of steam, if you connect the right way, it can knock someone unconscious. Look at Jose Aldo running into Conor McGregor, um, things like that. Uh, you know, you saw Forrest Griffin and Anderson Silva, things like that can happen. I've even, I'm not bragging by any means. I've had my own situation like that uh, with a guy that should have beat the shit out of me. Um, but I, he ran at me. I threw a very stiff jab and knocked a guy out on his feet. <clears throat> True story. Raven effect a badass. Um, so, and the thing I've heard people ask is why now, which is a good question. So, um, you know, I've heard people say, why not do it at Destination X when it was hot and it was going on, uh, which is a good question. Maybe because Eddie would have had to have been a transitional champ at that point. Uh, I think that might be it. Or maybe build the guy to look more credible, um, something along those lines. And, you know, it, it does kind of make you say, okay, then why didn't they just have him drop it to EC3 at the pay-per-view? Um, I think EC3 should have been the guy to to dethrone Lashley, um, but I have no gripes with uh, with Eddie Edwards becoming the champ. Um, the other thing I could say is, in uh, Mr. Drake brought this up already, but the Moose feud, um, I think that belt being involved gives it a lot more steam and makes it feel bigger. And like I had said, I think 
you waited till the first show in January to do it live, Moose versus Lashley for the title. It could have been a lot bigger. We still may get that. Who knows? Um, then the other thing, you know, people are saying Eddie Edwards just lost two straight title fights. I mean, literally, this was all within, like, a span of 17 days on TV or something like that, um, where he lost two title fights and then beats Lashley for the championship, and it didn't make him, like, credible. Yeah, I mean, who's going to dispute that? But, you know, he split decision thing, uh, you know, with Aaron Rex. It definitely looked like, uh, you know, he got beat fair and square by DJZ, so that didn't do him any favors. And, you know, they're saying it makes Lashley look weak or whatever, but Lashley already ran through that division both of them so who cares um you know and the funny story thing is that so when we recorded that super show uh right after bound for glory with the king of the mountain guys basically this news was just coming out like tna dude and myself knew and then right as we get on the call those guys found out about it and so we did this show and um it was so hard not to drop a spoiler to everyone and actually went out of my way to say you know, we're not going to see Eddie Edwards with a title reign anytime soon and things like that. So we do try and protect you guys. Just keep that in your consideration. And, you know, the last thing, um, like I love Eddie Edwards. I'm happy as hell for the guy. And I'm glad he's a champ. And, you know, I've said I prefer Davey, Davey Richards, but that doesn't mean I don't love Eddie or don't think Eddie should be the champ. That's um, literally, it seems like a great person, great guy, getting his great moment and, Congratulations to Eddie Edwards, the new world champion. Um, I'm going to kick it to the panel here before I hit everyone with the sound off and say goodbye. So um, any last things any of you have to say? Numero, anything you want to add? Uh, I guess it's kind of going to tie into the sound off. I definitely think we need to open another booth to add uh, Drake to the whole possible, I guess, knockouts debate, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I like it. Who knows? That's actually going to be something I'm going to bring up in a minute. But, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe D.C. Drake's going to come on, too. Uh, speaking of D.C. Drake, anything you'd like to add on your first show before we hit everyone with the sound off? Either that is a no or you were speaking with the mute on, Mr. Drake. <laughs> Drake? Hey there. Maybe it's a no. I don't know if we Hello? have DC Drake. Did you? Okay. Hi. Yeah. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties there. I'm back. All right. Oh. DC Drake, anything you want to say? Any final thoughts before we hit everyone with the sound off to say goodbye? Okay. Um, well, like, I mean, I wasn't, as far as my overall thoughts on this show, I thought it was a solid show. I mean, I think that obviously the Eli Drake. EC3 thing was the highlight to me. Um, I like the the uh, still the uh, cage, still cage match or whatever the Wolves Creek match. Even though as FK9 pointed out, there were no wolves and no creeks. But uh, so I don't know. But um, and I liked. I don't know. I liked the I liked the actual match, the world the world title match. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes um, with Eddie Edwards. What are they going to do? How long is he going to keep the belt? Be a transitional champion. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with Lashley if he doesn't get the belt back. Um, and I'm kind of curious as far as the knockouts go. I, I made my point pretty clear. I just and it's not you know you you, you point out you know Gail Kim is a great 
great wrestler. I wouldn't put her personally as the best women's wrestler ever simply because of if you go back and you look at the All Japan stuff from the 90s, there was so much phenomenal talent there and and how that was presented and everything, matches that they were allowed to have and going like 45, 60 minutes sometimes or half an hour and, and main eventing essentially sort of what we would consider almost WrestleMania and it being a women's dominated you know, show. So and, but that's just me. I think I think Gail's great. I don't necessarily want to see her retire, but I would like to see her step away from the spotlight and not always not have the division always center around her. So um, that's kind of just just my thoughts. Yeah, I feel like this impact was very entertaining. It kept my attention all the way through. I enjoyed it. There was something for everyone at this impact. If you like hardcore wrestling, you had the Wolf Creek cage match. If you like tag team wrestling, you had a you had the Team X Gold. You had a title change. So you had a lot of different things going on in this impact. So I enjoyed it. I didn't like everything, obviously, the Aaron Rex match uh, being one of them. But you know, it's it's very rare that. You know, you're going to enjoy everything they throw at you. But I thought this impact was solid. Um, it, it, like I said, it kept my attention. And I'm very excited to see where some of these feuds go. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the Gale versus uh, Maria no disqualification match next week. And I'm also excited for Cody versus Mike Bennett, which is, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. I'm not exactly sure when. But I'm excited. I mean, you know, what you've been saying, Raven, 2016 TNA has been a blast. And, you know, I I would love to see this company keep going as TNA. So I'm really looking to the future. But, um, you know, sometimes uh, people like to throw negative stuff out there, and who knows if it's true or not. But, you know, I don't let that detract from my viewing experience, I just watch it as it comes and I don't want to think about stuff like that because it's just stupid and it's nothing you can control. So why not just enjoy the product, watch it as it is and be a fan first and foremost, stop trying to dig into the backstage stuff because who cares? You know, we're not worried about that when we're watching a TV show. We're not worried about that when we're watching a movie. Just enjoy the product. Be a fan again. And that's really what I try to do from week in, week out. So I give Impact this past week a good 7.5 out of 10. I enjoyed it, and I can't wait for next week. And that's pretty much all I have to say. You know, Harold, I I like what you said there about just enjoy the product and be a fan. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. Like I started doing that in about July, just stopped having an agenda, stopped on chair booking, enjoyed the product. I have liked it so much more that way. Um, there's nothing we can do to change it. So who cares? Enjoy the show. Stop judging the spoilers by what you read. I've seen a lot of people be so damn negative. You don't know how it's going to come off on TV. Quit being a lazy asshole. Um, but <clears throat> anyways, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you, Hillcast Nation, for being with us. Sound off this week. Question one. 
So the green light has went through for the numero 47 FK9 knockout special. We want to hear from here, Killcast Nation. What do you want to hear talked about? What do you want to hear discussed? Is there anything format-wise you want to see in the show? We are trying to make this for the listeners of both FK9 and the Killcast, which we assume needs to be the same audio. Hint, hint, motherfuckers. So sound off. Let us know, please. Second, easy one. Talk I'd like to be a part of it, but I don't know. Just throwing my hat in the ring, but, well, but, but it's going to be really awesome. It's going to be really awesome when you put FK9 and, and Numero in the and talk about the knockout. So when that show ever comes about, you know, tune in. Definitely listen to that. We know DK yeah. Numero threw your hat in for that show when <laughs> you had the technical difficulties. I don't know if you caught that, but your name was thrown in. Oh, okay. So, That's uh, cool. Definitely. So those last one, the dead giveaway, the talk right. of everything. I'm seeing so much. Sound off. What are your thoughts on the new heavyweight champion, Eddie Edwards in TNA? I am Raven Effect with DK Drake, numero 47, and our man Hurls saying thank you. We love you, Hookcast Nation. Have a great week. Tune in to Impact this coming Thursday.